Jesus would go with them and he loved them and he corrected them and he taught them and he, he discipled them. And he said, you don't know what spirit you are of. What's the idea, you two grabbing for position? Did he ever talk like that? Sure he did. What does that mean? Says to his mother, what are you, what are you trying to do? Pull a little religious politics here? <laughs> Disciples. Church, there's a word going out to the body of Christ tonight. Discipleship. Now I know there's a lot of problems with it. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Not only do you need to make to be discipled, you need to make disciples. Nothing will help you grow up faster than making disciples. Paul said, I would that the older women teach the younger women how to love their husbands and be sober and be quiet and to do their business. Do you know we're living in a generation when young girls don't know how to love their husbands and to be sober and to be at home and mind their own business? They need to be discipled. like that. Well, then go your own way. He said, nobody's going to discipline me. I know. I started with your mother and daddy. They didn't discipline you either. So now we have a whole church full of spiritual brats. Come on. That's the end of that sermon. I'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> Jim says you can't quit now. All right, number three. Come on. I can't give you all the verses to this because we'll be here all night. But let me give you these three, three, three initials. It is E-M-I. It's called Every Member Involvement. Now, this is the third thing that must happen in your life. That means you have to get involved. The nature of discipleship means that every man, woman, boy, and girl gets involved in discipleship. I've got two, I've got two sons. My one boy is 12. We were going down the road, and we were driving down the road, and he said, Dad, he said, I want to be a man of God. And I, I just welled up with tears. And he said, 
I said, son, you can't be a man of God unless you're discipled. He said, what does that mean? I said, that means you let me take authority over your life and I'll teach you and train you and train you in the word and train you in the ways of the spirit and you have to learn to submit and yield yourself and let me discipline you. He got quiet for about five minutes. And then a few, about five minutes, when I'm going down the road, I could hardly see the street. Tears running down my face and I'm trying to, so I didn't want him to see me crying. In a few minutes, he grabbed my hand off the steering wheel and he said, It's a deal. It's a deal. <laughs> Glory to God. You. you talk about a change in a boy. He got to the meeting, bought himself a brand new Bible, sat down, started taking notes. Right off. That's been about six, seven months ago. It made a dramatic change in his life. But that isn't the beginning. I said, now you've got a six-year-old brother. You're going to have to disciple him. And you talk about excitement. <laughs> They're out there fighting, wrestling, screaming. So what are you doing? He said, I'm discipling him. <laughs> I can't go that way, but that's what it involves. Now, Every member involvement means, listen church now, it means that where we are headed, there are no spectators. Get in! Get committed! Get involved! Jump in! Well, I'm waiting to see if this thing is really God or not. I said, brother, you're going to miss the streetcar. God's going to go on up the road and you're going to be left waiting for the next bus and there ain't any. This is it. This is God. He is moving. Things are happening. Hey, for Jesus' sake, wake up and get in. Get off the fence. Quit the double-mindedness. Pay the price. Get committed. Verbalize your commitment. Understand what it means. Loyalty. Brother Jamie said this morning, find out what it means to take a stand somewhere. Even if you're wrong, stand. In our generation, nothing seems to be worth standing for. It's all compromise and sloppy agape. Get involved. Find out where you are. Loyalty, commitment. These are words that, that, that are very, very important. Number four. First one, conform to the image of Christ. Second one is New Testament discipleship. Third one is every member involvement. Number four, which comes out of being involved and discipled, is number four, which is removal of the hindrances to your spiritual growth. This is the negative. That means as you start on your journey to the Lord and to be a disciple and to grow up, the first thing you're going to find is there are hindrances. Maybe things you need healing of the past. 
Maybe deliverance, maybe resentment, maybe all kinds of things, maybe over-involvement in the business world, maybe physical healing, maybe a lot of things, but the things that are hindering you from going on with God, get them dealt with. So, well, I could never get over resentment against my mother-in-law. For Jesus' sake, go somewhere, get somebody, and pull it out and say, Jamie, help me. I got a hatred for my mother-in-law, and when I try to go on in God, this thing keeps coming up. Jamie, help me. And he'll say, I can't, I don't like mine either. Do you know what's happening? What's happening is God is opening us to one another, beginning to understand church dealing with spiritual hindrances is very critical in this day. Spiritual healing, healing of the past, psychological healing, physical healing, deliverance, counsel, forgiveness, repentance. Uh, water baptism, many things that you might need to get out of your system. Things that you've done when you were young and, and God keeps dealing with you about them. Dig them up, take them somewhere and get them dealt with. Do you hear me? Come on. Number five. That was the negative, this is the positive. First of all is the, is the removal of hindrances. Number four, number five is the development of Christian character. There was a day when a man's word was his bond. Are you breathing? Do you know there was a day, listen carefully now, do you know there was a day when people enjoyed their job? Say, <laughs> so what do you do? I say, well, I, I, uh, I have a, a, a peach orchard. That ought to be a safe one around here, wouldn't it? I have a peach orchard. You mean you have to work out there trimming those trees and getting, oh yeah, glory to God, I love it. You mean you love to work? Yeah. What's the matter with you? I got a job 12 to 1 with an hour off for lunch. I work from 9.30 to 10. 10.30, 10 to 10.30 is the break. I'm serious. Do you know what? Church. I have a tremendous burden to teach God's people personal character habits. Personal habits. Say, Brother Mumford, do you smoke? Now, for years we made smoking a moral issue. It isn't a moral issue particularly. It's just that you're in bondage. Where's my cigarette? Here it is. Look, little master, big slave. 
why I don't smoke. I don't smoke because there's a verse here in Ecclesiastes 8, 12 says, Thou shalt not smoke. <laughs> Personal habits, dress, work habits, cleanliness. Staying out of debt. Having a credit card burning session. <laughs> Casting out that shopping demon. Listen, I'm concerned for God's people. They are piled up with debts, living above their income because they have been evangelized by the world. You have to have a boat motor. That's what you have to have. Buy and buy and buy all kinds of things, all kinds of bills and debts, and wonder why we don't have the joy of the Lord. Man. Now listen to me. There is a move of God on everywhere teaching, training people, personal habits. How do you spend your money? What are you doing with it? How come you don't take a shower on Saturday night? <laughs> Look at the way your children are. Discipline, working, because this church is the body of Christ. We are to reveal his glory in our everyday experience. Development of personal habits, enjoying our job, giving our, our boss a good day's work. He's liable to faint. Coming to work with a smile. <laughs> you don't believe that? If you don't enjoy your job, just take some time when you're sick for a month. And then you'll realize what a blessing work is. And what a joy it is. God gave it to us because we need it. So I met a Christian one time that thought that manual labor was a Mexican. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> Number six is easy. If you think the, other, the first five were difficult, six, seven, eight, just simple. Number six is solve your marriage, home, and family problem. Will you just pray. Just pray, say, Lord Jesus, change that woman. And she's in the other room, said, Oh, God, change that man. 
solve your problem. You're a Christian. You have the Bible, Holy Ghost. You're supposed to get that home shaped up, boy. You. How come your wife is so down in the dumps? It's the devil. How come your kids are all in rebellion? It's the age in which we live. Church, there's a concentrated attack on the family. There is a counterbalance in the body of Christ everywhere. God's speaking to us about getting our home, family, and marriage straightened out. There's only two that's made it, Jamie and I. <laughs> but brother, you talk about maturity. I need every other one of the first five things just to get the sixth one started. I want to get my home, family, marriage, children in order, biblical order. Say, don't use that word. You know which word? You don't want me to say it? I won't. But you better do it anyhow. <laughs> God, Christ, the husband, the wife, the children. The dog. <laughs> if you weren't here this morning, you could not appreciate that. Okay. Number seven. Number seven is fellowship at four levels. Fellowship at four levels. Number one, these are little booths. First one is a little cell group. You've heard me teach about cell groups before. We call it hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's when six couples or less meet in the living room to fight it out for Jesus. He said, I don't want that. Neither did I. But I found this, that if I was going to be changed, I had to open my life to those who knew enough to change me. And so then I had to get related in a cell group and we begin to fellowship on a, on a stronger, more intimate basis with four other couples. And it has been exciting. Every Wednesday night, I said, I'm not going back. <laughs> and every Wednesday night, Lord said, oh, yes, you will. <laughs> 
I said, oh, joy, I'm here. <laughs> Let's have our cell group. <laughs> Second one is your local church or your, your uh, fellowship where you gather together the cell groups, your institutional church or fellowship local church, which is a second level, level of fellowship that you ought to be involved with. Every cell group ought to be related to some uh, other larger group within their city. Third, there should be a fellowship of the whole city where the believers in that city come together to worship the Lord. That's a booth. Fourth, there are fourth, yes, is what we call regional or universal meetings. What is this one right here? It's a universal meeting. In other words, people have come here from everywhere. In one sense, it's regional. But we are fellowshipping to now, not because we are trying to get you to join something, but simply because we want to come together, fellowship around the Lord Jesus Christ, worship, bring in ministries, and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And as we hear and understand, we go home to put it into operation. The wives go home and beat their husbands with it. Mumford said, you ought to be the head of our house. Now start being a priest. My wife did that to me one time. She said, okay, man of God. <laughs> but I couldn't even quote John 3.16. <laughs> the words just dribbled off my chin. <laughs> All right, now listen. Watch. We understand that all God is doing is moving us towards being conformed to his image. Once we understand that, we embrace New Testament discipleship in some form, not just one brand, but some form of discipleship where our life comes under discipline. Number three, we get involved. Every member involvement, we get in. Make your commitment before you know what's going on. It's like getting married. <laughs> Number four, deal with the hindrances that are in your life. Mental, spiritual, physical, financial, deal with them. Number, fi Number five, begin to develop Christian character. Watch your mouth. Get out of the gossip circles. Get your bills paid. Discipline yourself. Keep yourself neat and fit. Enjoy your work. Keep your home, your family, your automobile, and all of the things that you own in proper Christian order. Number six, get your family healed. Get your family in order. Get your children right. Your marriage right, your home, your family, in-laws and outlaws. That's right. Get them all, get all related. Listen, sometimes you have to go back and repent, crash halfway around the family. 
broken relationships. Number seven, get into fellowship on four levels, the best that you know how. Cell group, local church, city fellowship, and then fellowship with the body of Christ wherever it comes. Number eight, this is what we call, what I call kingdom action. He said, well, you charismatics aren't doing much about social action. You aren't doing much in the earth. All you're doing is worshiping, praising. You know why? Because we haven't got the first six done yet. But we're working on them. One of these days you're going to see Mumford come out perfect. Well, not exactly perfect, but different and changed and matured and disciplined and dealt with, conformed to the image of Christ. The purposes of God begin to be revealed to the, to the, to the booths as they come to meet together. God begins to speak to us about kingdom action. I do not believe that any child of God should ever be on welfare. The widows, the orphans, the blacks, the Puerto Ricans, the Cubans, the actions that are needed in the earth, nations that wait to be taken. Whole nations are coming awake saying, send us ministry. I said, I can't send you anybody. I only got a few that's in grade three. They can't leave yet till they get American Express paid off. But it's coming. It's coming. The ark is coming up the road. God is disciplining his people. He's grabbing them. I'm going to use you. I'm going to put my purpose through you. Now, grow up. Get yourself. Come on. He said, well, Mumford, you scare me. I know. It's what I'm trying to do. The world waits. Now the world does not believe that there are any answers in the church of Jesus Christ. The world says, the church. Bunch of sissies go to the church to the weekly prayer meeting. W-E-A-K-L-Y. <laughs> There's something stirring in the church. So rise. Shaking it off. Get the garbage off. 
As they get up, get cleaned up, get their life straightened out, get their home marriage straightened out, they start to fellowship one with another. What's happening now? What's happening? Come on. Oh, all right, booze, but what's happening? The bones are coming together. The joints are being made. <laughs> the body of Christ beginning to stir itself. Maybe we could take Black Mountain for Jesus. <laughs> Lord said, just watch it now, watch it. Hey, I challenge you, O heavens. I challenge you, O earth. Watch my purpose come forth in human flesh. As I live, said God, Do it, Lord, do it. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to fill the earth with my glory. I said, Lord, how are you going to do that? He said, I'm going to start in my tree. Well, he filled this place with his glory. Filled it with his people. He's filling hotels with his people. Do it. This is what drives people crazy on the tape. There it goes. <laughs> so suddenly the church starts to stand up. Joints. I, Ezekiel said, bone to its bone, flesh upon the bone, sinews, joints, breath. And it stood up like an exceeding great army. believe that with all my heart. And do you know what I believe? I believe the nations are going to tremble before the coming of the body of Christ. I believe we're going to see a literal fulfillment of Psalm 2. Why do the heathens rage? the kings of the earth imagine vain things. And why do they say, let us shake their bands from us? Against the Lord and against his anointed. Because there's coming forth people like yourselves. Who suddenly saw it was God's desire to conform them to the image of his son. Being conformed to the image of his son, they embraced discipleship. Embracing that, God began to clean up their whole lifestyle, change their value judgments, adjust the way that thing that controls them within inside. 
to begin to deal with the hindrances and the personal habits and heal the marriage and get them cleaned up. Fill them with his glory. Join them with other believers, Catholics, Episcopalians, and Presbyterians, and little ladies, old men, and college kids. <laughs> and long hairs and short hair, straights and hips, and blacks and whites, and even Hawaiians. And here they come. The body starts to shake itself. Jesus said, God says, through that body, I'm going to fill the earth with my glory. Now they won't all receive it. But it's going to be there. And then he said, I'm going to bow every stiff knee. I said, what was that? He said, I'm going to bow every stiff knee. I said, thank you. I'm going to get in practice now. I'm already bowing. As I live, saith the Lord, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You say, how's he going to do that? I don't know all about it. But I know these nine steps. Get in. Get in the chair. Come on. Get yourself changed. Get it straightened out. Get it opened up. Get it joined to others. And let's believe that God has something on his agenda more than we understand. This cassette, as well as other cassettes, can be 